2: Welcome to Real GM Radio. I'm Danny Lurie, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. This is a little bit of a change of pace in terms of the standard Real GM Radio offerings. However, for long-time listeners, it will be a welcome kind of change because it is an annual tradition now, I would like to say. Having on Eric Benish, he is the senior producer of NBA 2K games, and the newest one, of course, is NBA 2K17. And it was a lot of fun to talk with him about... The process of making the game and how they do that and going through the additions and new modes. And a lot of it was new information to me. I haven't followed the process as closely, and I'm sure some of it has already been released. But it's great to talk with him. Conversation runs about 30 minutes, and we are sponsored today by Blue Apron. You can go to blueapron.com slash real GM and get three meals for free, including free shipping. It's a fantastic service. And also, I, I tried something different with the audio this time. So for those of you who do send me feedback on that, let me know what you think, if you notice a difference, and if and if so, how you feel about it. So again, Eric Benish, 2K, talking about the game. Conversation runs about half an hour. Hope you enjoy it.
0: Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be back again this year.
2: So part of the 2K process, and we've talked about it before, is that you really do start getting going on the next version early after the previous one came out. So what, when you were starting out getting ready for the new game, what were your priorities and what were your plans?
0: There's an interesting thing about finishing a game. You know, you would think that when a game is done, everyone just kind of, like, collapses to the ground and they melt in, like, a pile of goo and they're, like, they just don't want to think. But it's actually, like, really the opposite. Like, we're already working on NBA 2K18 now. Like, there seems to be a lot of, like, unbridled enthusiasm, you know, as soon as the game finishes and, and the team's, like, ready to dive in. As for what we did in NBA 2K17, like there was really three tenets that we worked on, and that was like the concept of innovation, authenticity, and engagement. Like I really believe that if you can hit, you know, those three pillars, you're going to deliver content that people, frankly, want to play.
2: How did those those three pillars kind of manifest themselves in terms of the new game?
0: Each year, I try and do a feature that breaks from the mold a little bit, something that I don't know that innovates a little bit, something that maybe other games have tried but failed on. Uh, This year was the the route of league expansion within, you know, my GM and on my league mode. This kind of piggybacks off the work we did last year where you could relocate a team, where you could, you know, design their uniform, you could design their stadium, their court floor, their team logo, that you could upload. And it really gives you the chance to, you know, add a 31st team to the league all the way up to 36. Uh, We did a ton of work with, you know, making a custom scheduler that works with the, you know, the proper number of back-to-backs during the season or three and fives. We did a lot of work with making like the draft support, You know, X teams in the lottery based on how many teams you have in the league. Because even if you add one team, the lottery instantly goes to 15 teams and the draft lottery odds change and all the menus in the game have to support, you know, 31 teams or the power, you know, the power rankings have to be 31. There's a lot of work that people don't really think about. But the concept, just the raw concept itself of like expanding the league, maybe bringing the Seattle Sonics back into the league, uh, was too strong for us to pass up and it's just. It's a fun feature, and that's just one of the things we shot for this year.
2: Well, intuitively, that also ha- makes sure that you have to keep your fatigue engine in place, because as you talked about, the scheduling part of it is important, but you also want to make sure that those tweaks affect the way that players feel, and so that it's realistic in that way.
0: No, absolutely. Like when you, anytime we add a feature to the game, like it's got to be seamlessly integrated. It can't. Like I'm not a fan of bolt-on features—features features that you just kind of throw in for the sake of having them—and then they have adverse, you know, effects on other features in the, in the mode, and that's just not. Not something I believe in, so we, we spend maybe a little more time than we need to when we put in big new features like this. But if you look at our history on like adding big features, they've been pretty darn solid. Last year's relocation was, if I can say it, you know, flawless uh, as far as like bugs and things go. Uh, and I think this year's expansion feature is going to be the exact same way. And honestly, it, it's a ton of fun with the press we've gotten so far on it. People love it.
2: Well, yeah, and that's something that ties in with my own personal beliefs because i feel that the nba should expand so it's fun to be able to have that in a game before the league is really seriously consider maybe not seriously considering but before they've even talked about it so you can kind of try out and see how it would work
0: where do you think they should expand to
2: So for me, the bigger issue is just that they should have more teams. Seattle is definitely one. And then the second, you can go in a lot of different directions, whether that be adding a team to an existing market like Anaheim, which was kind of in the Uh LA market, but kind of not. I think that would be good. And I floated the idea of a second team in Chicago, which would be really challenging just in terms of, you know, getting the team to love a second city. But there's more than enough support for basketball there. And like New York really got their second team in Brooklyn. So we'll see how that works out.
0: It's a lot of fun. And for people who aren't, you know, so into the concept of creating their own team, we actually created 10 NBA franchises that you can choose from just to slot into your league. And this is, this is, like I said, if you don't want to go through the time of making, you know, all the assets, you can download, you know, one of 10 that we have in the game. They're complete with, you know, arenas, uniforms. There's full commentary support for so the commentators. are going to talk about your team by its city, by its team name, by its city team name. And even then, if, if you don't like our choices, we actually have a new feature where you can download – community design. So Danny, if you were to go through and create an amazing Seattle Sonics franchise, you know, circa the Rain Man era, I could just, you know, jump onto the the team downloader, type in the word Sonics and it'll bring up everybody's Seattle Sonics franchise and I can look at all the art assets on one clean menu and with one single press, I can download it right into my mode, you know, with no actual creative work for me. So we really kind of went all out with making this as user friendly as possible as well.
2: The user submitted stuff and being able to sort through it is big for somebody like me who would enjoy the, the functionality in that. But my passion for it is not really in the design part of it. So to have other people who love that aspect, spending their time in it allows you to get better quality in terms of that. And it's, it's exciting when, and you know, you guys have done that for years in the 2K series of allowing the most intense people on that subject to put out their
0: work. Absolutely. I mean, when you give tools to, you know, creative people, amazing things happen. And and we saw that last year with the team relocation. While we didn't support, you know, downloading within the product, we did see on web forums and, you know, just user feedback, like what content was created with those tools and it's amazing. And I I know that this feature is going to be a hit because I know what they can create and the fact that you can share that amazing content this year, people are going to love it. You know, there's going to be old classic teams. Uh, There's going to be college teams. There's gonna be fictitious teams. There's gonna be all kinds of content. Anything you're interested in, you'll be able to find.
2: And you mentioned it quickly before, but one of the most exciting things that I've heard about two K seventeen is the idea of the commentary and so the adding multiple commentators and a lot of flexibility, which makes it seem like each game will be different.
0: Yeah, it's it's really wicked this year. We we like I said with innovation, you know, we're always trying new things just to separate ourselves from other games. And this year we have, you know, a bunch of different commentary booths that can actually happen based on each game you play. Um, you're always going to have Greg Anthony and Kevin Harlan in each booth, but the third, the color commentator, is going to swap out each game. It can be, you know, Clark Kellogg one game, it can be Doris Burke another, it can be Steve Smith the next game, it can be Brent Barry, it can be uh, Chris Weber, who's in this year. Uh, so it's really cool that each time you play the game, you know, there's a chance you're going to get a different booth with a different view on the game. And it's just, I mean, how how many games have you take a look back? There was a time, right, when there was, there was just one commentator. When I was growing up, there was like Joe Montana Sports Talk Football and Sports Talk Baseball were kind of the first to have commentary. Uh, it was robotic, and then eventually we had like one guy doing real voice, and then we had two guys, and all of a sudden we had three, and three was like mind-blowing. This year we have 11 different real personalities in the game, three of which are in the studio. That's going to be the Shaq, Kenny, and Ernie show. But to have eight different commentators that can appear in-game, along with David Aldridge, who's also new this year, I mean, the audio team went all out this year. I
2: remember in, you know, previous iterations of consoles and everything like that, one of the big issues was storage space. Is that something that you guys have done a good job of handling, or is that something that as we've gotten into newer newer consoles is less of a concern than it used to be?
0: Uh, I mean, I think we've done a really good job with respect to space, but space is always a concern. I mean, we have, you know, and amount of commentary in the game and that's even more so this year with all the new commentators and we have you know tons of high-res heads and stadiums and uniforms and like a, the comp- the composition of all that content is a real challenge for us to get it to fit on the disc so we have to be very creative with you know how we compress files how we store files which features we actually choose to put in the game because there's definitely a balancing act with you know getting it to fit on a disc
2: it's a, it's kind of a strange constraint in the modern world, but it absolutely makes sense because you do have that disc, and some people are going to play just off
0: of that. It's a real thing for us, you know. We, we're constantly battling all year. Well, okay, well, how much disc space will this feature take, and can we afford it, and at what cost? Because it's going to, you know, maybe we're going to have less commentary if we choose to do, you know, this feature over here, and and it's 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 a balance, it's give and take. I look forward to the day when that's unlimited, to be frank.
2: Yeah, is that something that's possible at some point? I mean, it's amazing considering how, how we've gone that it has grown, but that if you can get to that, but would that that would require a cloud or internet or something, right?
0: It would require something at the hardware level. I mean, currently we're stuck to the medium of discs, right? And it needs to fit on a, you know, basically a Blu-ray disc, a dual, dual-sided Blu-ray disc, which is 50 gigs. So that's really the limit in today's modern world, unless you're talking PC where there are no limits, obviously.
2: Yeah. So even though my GM is, is the passion for me, I think one of the conversations we had, you talked about how my player is the most popular mode. So let's start there. Last year was a, a very different step and a pretty cool one. I went all the way through it, I think twice, in terms of the storytelling. What did you decide to do with that mode this year?
0: I mean, look, I really enjoyed our my career mode last year. It was uh, We brought on Spike Lee. He wrote like, this really cool narrative. It was maybe a little on the dark side, uh, and it really focused on your kind of off-the-court uh, life, maybe some of the pitfalls that can happen. I know we all remember our friend Victor Van Lier, who was your uh, cohort last year. This year was more about bringing it closer to the game of basketball. It's about, you know, telling the story of your rise from, you know, college player or high school phenom to college player to NBA star to NBA superstar. And it was all done just by the writer for it. Aaron Covington is a huge NBA fan. He was, you know, one of the writers in the movie Creed. Uh, and I'm sure as everyone knows by now, Michael B. Jordan is, you know, the star of my career this year. Uh, those guys had a tremendous amount of synergy working on the movie Creed, uh, which really helped us, you know, kind of carry that synergy over to NBA 2 k 17s my career mode. So I can pretty much promise anyone who plays it this year is going to find it significantly better than last year. And a lot of that kind of comes back to design, where we actually allow you to change how your story unfolds this year. Uh, where, where last year's Spike story was on rails and everything kind of happened as Spike wanted to tell it, uh, this year you can make decisions and your play on the court affects kind of how your story can branch so it's a very different experience for anyone who may have gotten last year's game and feel like that maybe they need a year break or it's too soon. Um, I can tell you the experience is brand new, top to bottom, inside my career mode.
2: And so that creates new challenges because if you're giving people choice, that means those choices have to have actual consequences because otherwise it, it feels a little bit fruitless. So you have to design it differently.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's you know there's choice. This year it's all about choice. It's what you do with your time. It's are you going to choose to... You know, work on your endorsements. Are you going to work on cultivating relationships with teammates, with other players around the league? Uh, are you going to work out and practice on your game? And you, you can only make so many choices per day, you know, between games. And you kind of have to do this balancing act of what you want to focus on and what you want your area of strength to be in the NBA. So there's there's choice everywhere you turn in the mode. And and for me, like, I kind of I feel choice is sometimes daunting because you, you live in regret. You're like, what happened if I did this? Or if I made this choice, would it be different? Uh, And they're very lighthearted choices. Um, I mean, yes, they change the scope of your career, but there's no wrong path. You know, if you want to be the villain, be the villain. If you want to be the good guy, be the good guy. If you want to just do media events all day, do that. And there's no wrong way to play. There's just the way that you want to play. And I think that's what makes this year's mode really fun, to be honest
2: was it a little bit easier to to handle the high school and college parts because that was a, an innovation last year and I remember we talked about the the idea of having to deal with different rules and everything like that but now that infrastructure was already in place
0: yeah and we don't actually make you play the high school games this year okay. this year you get to start off you get to start off in college you play your four or five college games if you do well enough you get you know coach K gives you a call whatever that might entail for team USA uh, and you move right on into your NBA career. So we kind of streamlined the process of the up and coming part, you know, right into the NBA experience. That's
2: cool. Uh, we'll, let's talk a little bit about myGM, and we, of course the expansion part of it was already big, but what else have you added to that mode?
0: Um, one one big thing we did this year is our my league online mode. Uh, we unveiled that last year in NBA two k seventeen sixteen, sorry. in two k seventeen, we really kind of blew it out, uh, blew it out of the water. Uh, last year was just like a first implementation. It was like a single season. you could play it when it was over. You know, the season was kind of over this year. It's more of like a full-blown franchise mode where we're going to roll over from year to year. Players are going to age, you know, they're going to progress and regress. Uh, There's going to be new rookie classes coming into the league. Players are going to become free agents and change teams. So it's a lot more of what I think people were looking for last year. And we have a really cool spin on it this year where, you know, money can be really difficult in an online space when it comes to trading, when it comes to, you know, real-time free agency pools, which are kind of hard to pull off where you, you want to advance time within a realistic amount of time. Like the way our free agency works offline, you know, there's 13, 14 days. And if we had to do that in an online scope, it just feels like the leaks would drag. Where if you did one or two in-game free agency days for a real world day, it could still take a week just to get through the free agency period. And that's one of about 15 or 16 off-season periods. Uh, so we kind of streamlined this whole experience by adding the concepts of keepers. And I know we've all done fantasy sports. We get that. We know what a keeper is. Um, so the way we implemented it here is Every player has a number of keeper years when you start the mode, kind of based on what their current real-world contract is. And every year, that, that number decrements. But each year, your team can only save up to, I think it's uh, 5 to 13 keepers. The admin can kind of set what your league is comfortable with. And once the player's keeper year expires, he instantly goes into the offseason draft, which you know, means you can't hold on to LeBron James and Kevin Durant forever, which creates player turnover, which creates intrigue, which creates uh, new intrigue about when you should trade players like is it worth trading a guy who you're going to lose in the offseason anyways it's just a different way to do a franchise and it's more quick and efficient you know for the online landscape
2: that cracks me up a little bit because i'm in a fantasy league that has its own salary cap and its own keeper structure and it actually sounds a little bit like this that's pretty fun to be able to kind of we did,
0: this. we did model it off a lot of online things that we personally have a lot of fun in and and in doing it here like that fun kind of conveyed to this and we really loved what we had so we just kind of blew it out to be honest
2: I want to tell you about Blue Apron which is an absolutely fantastic service that has become a highlight of my week and that is because it is a food delivery service that does a few different things at the same time. First of all, they give you incredibly high quality ingredients, but it is also an amazing way to build cooking confidence. I'm somebody who has parents that are incredibly talented chefs and that I grew up eating really good food and I didn't really have the ability to make it for myself and Blue Apron has been a major force in making me do that, not only through their own materials, but through kind of awakening and a desire in me to do that myself and to build the ability to do it. And so they give you great ingredients and instructions that are easy to follow, and you get a really good meal out of it, and you get the ability to make things like that again. And if you're somebody who wants to innovate on top of that, you can do that too. But you can go to blueapron.com slash GM and you can try 3 meals for free that includes free shipping so you don't have to take my word for it again that is blueapron.com/realgm I absolutely love Blue Apron. It's a great product, and hopefully you love it, too. We have a little bit of time left, and I, f- I figured the best way to do this, because you know, of course, there's so many avenues that you can take to to make the game different, is to pick a starting point for you, and then we'll talk about that as something that changed within 2K17.
0: Sure. I mean, I have another five or six like major top-line features for my league, if you want to give me a few minutes to go over those. Yeah, let's do it. So we have two new modes in my league this year, the first of which is playoff mode. We had this back on you know PS3 and 360 years and years ago. Uh, and this is a cool setup where it's you know it's a full NBA playoff, but it's totally customizable. Uh, you can put whatever teams you want in there. You can put EuroLeague teams, classic teams, a mix with modern NBA teams. It's fun for the person who isn't interested in the grind. Maybe of playing, you know, an 82-game season, uh, you can just jump right to the excitement of the playoffs. Play with your favorite team and see if you can win a ring. Very cut and dry, very simple, uh, and that's a new addition for this year's game.
2: That would be interesting for me because something that I dabbled with, we didn't talk about this, but I actually did a Warriors-Durant lineup shortly after I wrote an article about it in November of last year. And one of the games I did was against them against the LeBron Wade Heat. And so if you can have a playoff format where you can put some of those teams
0: together, that'd be a lot of fun. You can definitely do whatever you want. Put East and the West, West and the East, literally whatever you want. Awesome. The other mode we did is called um, Start Today, which is another mode we kind of tried also back on the old-gen days. This is a mode that, like, it's really hard to explain. It takes the real-world calendar date and allows you to start your My League from that date. So, if, for, for example, for a kid who gets the game on Christmas Day, if he goes to start a, you know, My League Start Today mode, he's going to start the game on December 25th, and he has to basically play out the rest of the season. But all of the stats and standings and injuries and rosters and everything up to that point in time – Uses the real information from the real NBA. So if you start with the Warriors on Christmas Day, you're probably going to be, you know, 19 and 3 or something, and you get to finish out the rest of the season using all the real world data. And this can be done at any point in the NBA season. You know, day one, uh, the last day, in the middle of the playoffs. You're basically picking up the real NBA and playing it out, and you know, making your own history of what happened to this season, what the outcome was. So it's a really cool, really creative mode. It uses a lot of technology to gather data from the NBA and kind of inject it into our structure. So it's something we're really proud of, and we think people are going to really like to share.
2: That also might make sense with the idea of player progression, because something that happens is, of course, over the course of the year, you guys do updated rosters, and players change. You know, young guys improve, guys degrade, and so having it start at that point actually probably makes it more balanced, because if, you know, you get to the end of the year and these guys have improved a lot, then sometimes that can be harder over the course of multiple seasons.
0: Absolutely. I mean, no matter when you start your league in the season, it's always going to use the latest roster that we put out that's going to have the most up-to-date player ratings for players who are hot, players who are cold, whatever the case may be. It's definitely a fun new way to play, and again, it's one of those things where you don't have to play the whole season if you pick it up. You know, if you pick up our game at the All-Star break, you just get to play the last 30 or so games, roll into the playoffs, feel content about what you were able to accomplish, and, and move on.
2: Fascinating. Any, anything else that you want to bring up in terms of other facets of the game?
0: Oh, totally. Um, another feature we did in my my League is the ability to start in the off season. This is one we've kind of toiled about with for a few years now. And it's it's really fun because every franchise game ever, you know, you start at day one of, you know, whatever the next NBA season is. Uh, With this option, you can actually go back, turn back time and start June 1st of 2016, which gives you the chance to relive the draft lottery, to redo the NBA draft. So if you want to steal Brandon Ingram from my Lakers, you can totally do that if your team, you know, goes top one, two or three, or if you trade for a top pick. Uh, you get to redo the, the massive free agency with, uh, you know, LeBron possibly changing teams and Dwight Howard, if you actually want him, and Al Horford and all those guys are in free agency again, Dwayne Wade. It's really interesting, you know, will will Mike Conley get the biggest contract ever in our game? It, this is a fun way to kind of recreate the offseason and just relive the excitement. Well, I thought this offseason was really exciting as a fan, so it's just your chance to rewrite history. And uh, it's another take on, you know, our little innovation step as small as this one is on just new ways to play our modes.
2: And also that creates a challenge. You, you and I have talked over the years about the idea of design challenges of trying to get it so that to make sure that your models work well to try to replicate what happened in real life. Because now you're comparing it not only in the abstract, you're comparing against actual things that happen.
0: Right. I mean, you know, I'm all about authenticity here and, and trying to create as much realism as possible. So this is one avenue where, you know, it really gave us a chance to step outside that norm a little bit, maybe, and and, and allow people to write their own histories.
2: I'm sure you're going to have some fans that do some fun revisionist histories in terms of who their teams get <laughs> and don't get in some ways more importantly. <laughs>
0: I have no doubt about that. So the next feature I have for you is actually a really fun one. It's called dynamic rule changes. Now, every year in the off season, the league competition committee meets and they discuss, you know, possible ways to improve the game. Uh, in our game, we have, you know, kind of modeled that as well. So every year they're going to propose five new rules to the league. Most years, zero rules are going to get passed, but every once in a while you're going to see a new rule added to the game. And it could be as simple as, you know, changing the shot clock to 30 seconds or making it 20 seconds or changing the backcourt violation to 10 seconds or 6 seconds or uh, we also have the concept of CBAs in the game. So whenever a CBA expires, you're going to see changes to, you know, salary cap increments. You're going to see trading rules changed, um, roster rules potentially changed, number of active players in a game changed. Uh, just anything that kind of makes the game feel different and fresh. And we're trying to emulate the game of basketball changing as time goes by. So this is more of our innovative side. Uh, less so much on the authentic authentic side, but there's definitely a lot of engagement with this feature. You don't get a strong say in whether a vote passes, but since it's my league, you can override every decision. So you can have five rules added to the game every year if you want. Just a you know another fun thing added to our game.
2: So in my league, when you have the full control, d- does the game propose the rules, then you can accept or reject
0: them, or can you propose rules yourself? The game proposes the rules, and you can accept or reject them. Okay. Is just so you because- can have some really fun ones in there.
2: As it's a passion for me, is goaltending one of the things that can change?
0: You can change goaltending rules to use. You can actually turn it off, which is a little chaotic. But you can also use the EuroLeague rules, or once it hits the cylinder, you can grab the ball off the off the rim. There's a few different variations of that one.
2: Having the EuroLeague rule makes me unreasonably happy because that's something I feel the NBA
0: <laughs> should actually adopt. I totally agree. I would love to see it at least tried in the NBA setting to see how it would change the game. And it's, and you know, if you look historically, they kind of use the summer league as. You know, a test bed for some rule changes, and a couple years ago we saw the sudden death OT rule change in in the Summer League, and we actually have that in the game as well. Um, So we're kind of digging deep in the well for everything the NBA's tried, everything they should try, uh, just to change the way the game can be played. That's awesome. I'm really excited about that. I can keep going. My league goes on forever. But a couple more, just to keep this moving for you, is uh, we have a new dynamic uniform update, feature, where every year we always release new content when the game shifts. You know, we have new... Uh, Latin Knights uniforms. We have the Christmas Day uniforms, new All Star uniforms, the themed events, the military nights, and whenever those uniforms would be added to the game, you wouldn't be able to use them in your existing My Careers, uh, your My GMs, your My leagues. Like you'd have to start a new one just to get access to the uniform, and it didn't really make a lot of sense. No one wants to do that. No one actually does that. This year, any uniform we dynamically release after the game launches is seamlessly integrated into any save you have, so you can just hop on and use the Christmas Day uniforms well after your your. My league has already started. So as simple as it sounds, it's, it's a nice touch that I think our fans are really going to enjoy.
2: Yeah, that definitely is something that I think people will appreciate. As, as, as somebody who also loves historic uniforms, that I mean, that's something that you've already had in there. But I wanted to ask about that in terms of, is there a decision-making process in terms of which old uniforms you're going to include?
0: There certainly is. A lot of it's based on what classic teams we actually support in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, another one is just uniforms we just generally like or that were very popular in the NBA. Uh, and the third bit is anything the NBA adds during a season, like they'll often add, you know, new secondary uniform for a few teams. We'll always add those to the game as well. Sure. Moving on, I know you like authenticity and CBA stuff. So we have, uh, you can put protections on your draft picks this year. Ooh. Um, you can do pick swaps with other teams, which is always good if you want to gamble, if they're going to be, you know, worse than they might think they're going to be. We have, like, proper retrading rules in the game. So when you trade for a player midseason, you can't just turn around and trade him right away unless it fits, you know, the actual criteria of the rules. Uh, we have the Derrick Rose rule added in the game, which is the concept of, you know, you're, you can sign a contract for up to 30% of the cap if you meet certain criteria. I know we all love the story of Anthony Davis last year where he lost, you know, X million dollars because he wasn't named to an All-NBA team. All of that stuff is in the game this year. We have veterans minimum contracts for the first time, actual proper veteran trade approvals for players who are playing on one-year contracts when the team has bird rights. Those players actually get, you know, kind of a built-in trade approval thing that's in the game. There's staff editing. I mean, there's so much very small, authentic things added that when you compile them all together, it makes for, you know, just a true NBA simulation more than we've ever had before.
2: Yeah, and that's, of course, a part of the design, is to be able to add those, and then those elements are, are then in there forever. In terms of gameplay, so we'll go, go into just the game modes. I, I know I've heard some news about how the dribbling mechanics work. Is there there's a change there, right?
0: There's not a lot of change to the actual dribbling mechanics. Our controls are very similar year over year, which should be a welcome news to fans who are tired of us constantly changing them every year. But we did make gamer skill matter more than ever before, and we did that a few ways, but the two I want to highlight are on the offensive side. Uh, when you go to shoot the ball, we have a new shooting meter that appears underneath each player. And if you can fill that meter up each time, you're going to get a boost to actually making the shot. So more than ever before, like you're going to have direct control of whether a shot goes in. Whereas in previous years, if you took a shot with a high percentage shooter, you know, the game would just kind of roll the dice and say, okay, well, he was you know 10% guarded, he's got a 94 shot rating, so the shot's going to go in. But this year, you have more control if you can control that meter. Uh, the other way is shot aiming. So when you go to shoot and you pull down with the right stick, you need to pull down directly to six o'clock to get, you know, a dead-on shot. If you're slightly off the left, you're going to see your ball kind of sail to the left, uh, which again brings it down to gamer skill, which is a big thing for us. We had our first esports tournament last year. we rode to into the finals. It was a big success. It was broadcast all over the networks. And esports is a big thing for us moving forward, and this this kind of brings our game more into that realm of skill and less of luck, which is, I think, where everyone wants it to be, anyways. Yeah,
2: that that definitely makes sense, and. I- the eSports connection also ties in with it because those, I'm sure that community really wants it to be
0: skill-based. Can I tell you one thing that we did that kind of blows every, everybody away when, when we could discuss it? Because it really accentuates how nutty we are about authenticity. Absolutely. So we actually went 18,000 miles around in the United States this year. We went to all 30 NBA arenas, and we set up this huge you know, mic boom mics like around around the stadium, all around it, just to capture what each arena feels like uniquely. Uh, And we learned that the ball bounces differently in different arenas. You know, the acoustics are different based on the shape and size of the arena. The rim sounds are different for the same reasons. A lot of NBA arenas use different horns. Like some have more of a buzzer, some have more of a horn. Um, The crowds are different based on, again, the size of the arena and the acoustics within the building. So we captured audio from every single arena, and we actually put those unique sounds in the game this year. So when you're playing inside Sacramento, you're going to get the sounds of Sacramento. You're going to get the sounds of Madison Square Garden. Uh, And it's a really cool feeling to to be able to, like, differentiate those things and just see and hear and feel the differences in each arena more than ever before. And I don't think any sports game has ever even tried that. And I'm really proud to say we're the first to just, you know, kind of nail that.
2: One that I can point out from my own experience covering the league that sounds different is the Boston Garden. But okay. the ball's different with the four and I heard that the old garden and the new garden were different too, but of course, you know, we're dealing with the new garden now.
0: Right, right, and that's uh, that's one that kind of stood out to us as well. And, and horns is the biggest thing that stood out to me. You know, like when I reviewed all the assets, when I watch games on TV, I don't think about it, it's not in the back of my mind, but when I had the data in my hands and I could see how the horns are different, it's just one of those things, you know, a lot of people aren't even going to notice because they're going to assume we have that right. And we actually do this year, not just, you know, previous years we'd have... The ball would bounce the same in every arena. We'd have the same horns. We'd have the same rim sounds and net sounds. And this year, it's just totally unique to each arena, which lets you know as a user that we care about uh, your experience, and we're delivering you a full, authentic game this year.
2: I wonder if any teams are going to hear those different, basically, options and think about retooling what they they have with kind of thinking about it in a different way.
0: It's kind of interesting. You know, I'm... Definitely curious to hear the same thing as well, so kind of just to see how it goes. And we have, you know, we captured crowd chants in that as well, so you're going to see like arena-specific crowd chants, the way, that you know, the ebb and flow of when teams kind of get excited. I mean, teams get excited differently in Charlotte than they do in, say, New York. We're going to capture all of that, so I'm really excited to, you know, get this in the hands of people, basically. That
2: definitely is going to change it, and as somebody who's lucky enough to cover a lot of live events, it, it having a different feel, it is something that you notice when you go to a new arena. I know we're running late on your time. Is there anything else you want to bring
0: up? Yeah, I'll do one more thing. Authenticity, again, is a big thing for us. Shoes. There's like a whole subculture of, of shoe heads, you know, in the NBA between the players and the fans. Uh, we have over 300 pairs of shoes in the game this year, and it's all done through new technology. We have like a 3D scanning studio set up here at 2K. Uh, where every shoe company sends us their shoes. We put it in the room. We have a camera that kind of goes around on rails and gets like a three-dimensional scan of it. Gave like actual shoelaces on the shoes this year. Everything's like super high-res, super detailed. And an area of authenticity, I, I feel like maybe we've been lacking in recent years. And again, if silly as sound it's kind of like arena sound. You know, most people don't notice this stuff. But for the true shoe heads out there, they're going to just be in heaven with all of the, the content we have on hand this year for them.
2: Yeah, that's something when I read forums and various things that some, some people care about more than almost anything else, and I'm sure they'll be happy with that.
0: I think that's true with anything in our game. You know, Some people just do quick game. or they play online with their friends, and some people only like to play my career, and some people only like to play my league mode. So we try and each year bring something for everyone. You know, I try not to leave out anybody in particular. My team's another area that saw a lot of improvements this year. So no matter what you play inside NBA 2K, NBA 2K17 has a new experience for you, I hope you all enjoy it you know the entire team here you know worked their tails off and we made this all for you guys so please enjoy it let us know what you think and we're going to keep on pushing the envelope everywhere we can
2: well thank you so much for taking the time to make the game taking the time to talk to me and hopefully you get some time off at some point in the near future
0: i never take time off it's always about pushing the envelope
2: yeah well soon enough the the games will start too so you'll have that to follow as well
0: that's right that's right very much so
2: Thanks so much to Eric Benish for taking the time to come on. Of course, he is the senior producer of NBA 2K17, which is coming out on September 20th, so a week from today, on PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox One. Hopefully I got all those right. And a lot of fun to talk with him. It is such a cool thing that is integrated into the NBA world, but it's also something different. And the players really do care about it. It hasn't come up that much in conversation, but it's something you see on Twitter and other things like that with ratings and everything else. So it it is a lot of fun and I enjoy it. I've said before uh, the interview I did with Ronnie Singh a couple of years ago. And of course I've told Eric is that I actually use it to visualize players and teams in combinations before they actually happen. And it was mentioned in this recent interview, but I, that was something that as soon as the Kevin Durant piece came out on Sporting News, I couldn't help myself from doing it, and so there was a roster that I had from November of last year with Durant on the Warriors that I've been fiddling with for almost a year now. So it's been a lot of fun to do that, and I am I really do enjoy the product that they put out and the, the care that they put into it, and I hope that that comes through in the interview with Eric, that they really do care about making the best quality product. So that was a lot of fun. As always, input is really appreciated. You can reach out to me at Danny LaRue on Twitter, D-A-N-N-Y-L-E-R-O-U-X. You can also email Danny LaRue, MBA at gmail.com. I read everything. I respond to as much as I can. I make no promises on that. And I'm also, of course, thrilled to be a part of the CLNS Radio family. You can listen to this on the CLNS Radio app. I'm thrilled to to be with them. It's a really wonderful group of people, and it's been great to do that. And I'm also thrilled to formally announce, after kind of hinting at it last week, that I am doing Locked On Warriors. And so that is a daily, meaning Monday through Friday, podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, which will deal with the Golden State Warriors. And so the hope is to have new episodes every single day during the week for your morning commute depending on where you live, of course, and they'll be a little bit shorter, more in the line of this episode than most Real Jam Radio episodes, and it'll be a lot of fun, and there are locked-on podcasts in just about every NBA market, and they also have a lot of NFL ones, so hopefully you find something in that realm that you can check out, and then David Locke does the excellent Locked-On NBA podcast as well, which you should check out, be on all, uh, beyond all the other amazing stuff that's out there. And I, I feel all bad whenever I single out somebody for praise because there are so many wonderful things out there. And for whatever you do like, really download every episode, give it a rating, give it a review on iTunes or whatever else you use because those things really matter. And we're still in the process of monetizing podcasts and everything like that. But those sorts of metrics really do matter. And so downloads user satisfaction, user engagement. And then the other way you can do that to support this podcast or any other is to patronize their sponsors. And for me, that is blue apron. Blue apron is a fantastic food delivery company. I talk about it on the podcast all the time. And you go to blueaproncom apron.com slash real GM, and you can get three meals for free. And that includes free shipping so not only do you get free food that is awesome, but you also are supporting the podcast because if you go through that custom URL, you are telling them you came from us and that will make them want to advertise more and that will make other advertisers want to be on more. And while, you know, that does add a little bit of time, let's say to the podcast, it also makes this financially feasible and financial feasibility is something that is very important to me. So blueapron.com realgm Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day.
0: It's time to stock the pantry and save big this week during the stock-up sale at Randall's. Enjoy aisle after aisle of amazing savings on everything you need. Plus, don't forget to collect your stamps for free Farberware pots and pans. Use your remarkable card and get Signature Farms Whole Fryers. Buy one, get one free. And General Mills Original Cheerios or Tricks or Organic Farm Cereals, $1.69 each when you buy three or more. You're going to love the stock-up sale. Randall's, proudly serving Texas families since 1966.